0: Coming in AMHSW is a podcast sharing the stories and experiences of social workers who have successfully attained their mental health accreditation. I'm Ashton Hayes. I'm an AMHSW in private practice, and I specialize in supporting social workers through the process of mental health accreditation. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Becoming an AMHSW, the podcast. Today we are speaking to Cassandra, who is a brand new accredited mental health social worker. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on board. I've been listening to your podcast and they're actually the thing that got me through. So it's such an honor to um, be on it.
0: Fantastic. Oh, well, I love to hear that. So uh, you would know then that I ask a lot of questions about how you got here and where you started. And so uh, people tend to find that helpful to find out about other people's stories. So what led you to wanting to become an AMHSW?
1: Um, My journey to become an accredited mental health social worker actually started when I was very young. So um, my dad is actually schizoaffective. And so I spent a lot of time in and out of the mental health facilities and just around different um, professional teams. And I Mm -hmm. loved the social workers. He had so many members of the MDTs be case managers. And I just found social workers were so holistic and It wasn't narrow, it was also about including the family and it was also about long-term goals, not just point in time getting him out of hospital. And that really started my journey off and Yeah, it just, that passion didn't stop because I wanted Mm -hmm. to achieve
0: that. So you wanted to kind of do it for a long time. Were you doing mental health roles as you led up to working towards accreditation?
1: Sort of. So when I first decided that this was the track that I wanted to go down, I was actually working for Services Australia and Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of crisis intervention work, which included working with a lot of very mentally ill people but it was Mm -hmm. very short-term work and at that point in time when I'd done all my course hours and I thought I was ready to apply excuse me um I believe that Medicare actually tightened their reins around what a mental health role actually looked like Mm -hmm. so that was a little bit disheartening that was about I think four years ago Mm -hmm. and um, so I started the process all over again (laughs) and um, to do that I got myself into health.
0: Okay, so that would be State Health Department that you're talking about? Yes, Yes. New South Wales Health, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So what was the role that you were doing there?
1: It was a lovely role um, working with over 65 um therapeutic rehabilitation so I was actually going into their homes following very long stints um, inpatient Mm -hmm. and it was just transitioning them back into the home and supporting them through their rehabilitation so as you can imagine that's quite painful it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of mental strength and so I would do therapy with them to address their depression to address their anxiety and to really try and set some clear goals around why they were doing this and what they wanted to achieve.
0: Mm, Wow, that sounds like a really interesting role.
1: It was fantastic. Prior to getting that role, I had never thought about working with um, over 65 Mm -hmm. clients. Um, I can tell you it was such an enjoyable experience. It was so lovely, all the stories that I heard. And just Mm. how welcoming people are into their homes as well.
0: It's really interesting, actually, to hear you say that. Um, I was looking through some of the Facebook groups today and somebody mentioned something about Uh, being disappointed about their placement because it was in um, a space that was working with over-60s and they had wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other social workers were really supporting that student and saying, you know, it's actually an amazing area to work in. But I think a lot of the time people are a little bit scared almost of working with over-65s. Would you Mm -hmm. agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think so because... I I mean you've got people who've got so much life experience and off the bat you're probably feeling quite insecure about the fact that maybe you don't and mm. so you're wondering how can I go in there and work with someone when I feel like a baby compared to them but at yeah. the end of the day as social workers we don't go in as experts on someone else And that's something that you make very clear to them. And you're learning from that experience as well, as long as they Mm. understand that's what you're doing. I think most people will find that actually quite enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a beautiful point that you just made about the fact that social workers see people as experts in their stories. So here's the question that people want to know the answer to all the time. And that is how long did this process take you?
1: So, quite honestly, it's taken me about six years because, like I said, when I started and I thought I was ready to go, the Mm -hmm. goalposts did slightly change. But, Mm -hmm. you know, after that, I had some babies and then I thought, this is what I want to do again. So, Mm -hmm. um, the long answer is six years. The short answer (laughs) is obviously once I had my. Hours in place, then the application with a lot of encouragement and a lot of prompting from you. It took me about (laughs) three months to write. And in all honesty, I would have loved to have taken longer, but I decided I was going to go for it before the changes, the form changes came into effect um, earlier this year. So that Mm. took me about three months to write.
0: Okay, yeah, and so you're, what you're referring to about the form changes for anyone who doesn't know is that um, there was a change to the format of the actual application forms, uh, but there was no change to the criteria. So I always just like to clear that up in case yeah. people are unaware of that. So yes, you did work really hard. I know you really powered through to get it to get it done by that time. So then, what do you think was the most challenging? part of the process for you I think this is a bit of a
1: two-parter
0: because
1: I feel the most obvious answer would be the writing the practice standards and the case study because the first thing I've really struggled with was not writing an assignment but Mm. actually one of the things that I still to this day you said to me that's burnt into my mind and I kept saying to myself at the start of every new standard was write it as if you're talking to a peer, not writing an assignment. And that was probably one of the most helpful things anyone could have said to me.
0: Okay, great.
1: And the other half of that answer is that just the mental roller coaster that I went through because I sat down in front of my computer to write this thing and there were days where I just went, I can't do this. Why am I doing this? And then there were other (laughs) days where I went, I know all of this. I've got all this experience. I can do this. (laughs) So it was really a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde experience for me. And um, it really took a lot of support from, you know, yourself and um, just my loved ones as well. My husband telling me, you can do this. Mm -hmm. So really it's that You know, that mental roller coaster that I struggled with equally Mm. as much as actually writing it.
0: It's a thing that I think everybody experiences. And a lot of people have this thing where they say, I don't think I can do this it's just so hard and I 100% stand by you know support and stand by people who have that feeling because I certainly had it myself I'm very open about the fact that it took me a year to write mine but if you remember through this process I was saying to you you are going to get accredited this is happening and then I it happened
1: I remember and I've got to say to you it felt so lovely to hear that to hear you say that but I did not believe you. <laughs> of course now I know not to question you but
0: uh, it did help Yeah, exactly. Time. <laughs> and I mean I'm I'm not saying that people of course people should always question but I think, you know, I'm I'm always very open with people about whether I think that they're ready to apply. Mm-hmm. And I would never, you know, be saying to somebody, yes, I think you're ready, you should go for it, if I really didn't believe that because it is a, a rigorous process. It costs money, it's not mm-hmm. cheap, and there's a lot of investment both in time and finances. So... Even though you didn't believe it, I was happy to hold that belief for both of us. And I like to say, told you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Look, this is probably (laughs) the one instance in my life where I will accept that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See? And it's it's a happy thing to accept, I think. So if there was anything that you wish you could have done differently? What, what do you think that might have been?
1: I think I would have liked to have taken a little bit longer because mm. as I said um, and you said, it is a very daunting experience. And I think the only way to get through a daunting experience, the same way we would talk to our clients, break it down and just take mm. bite-sized pieces because it just makes it a little bit easier. The other thing as well is, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I was aiming for the perfect answer for each standard before I moved on to the next. But what I didn't realise at that time and probably what would have saved me a lot of stress is that it's not going to be perfect the first time around. And when you, when you hit a bit of a mental block, just move on. Because by the time you circle back around, you'll have the right answer.
0: Mm, mm. And I think that whilst I also say, you know, take it in bite sized chunks, take it a step at a time, I also say if you're feeling really stuck, move on and come back to it. We have lots of consultation process. We've got the Facebook group. So it's not, you're not sort of out there in isolation. And that kind of getting stuck can lead to you not getting it done. So, yeah. And I think the thing that I did as well was, I had
1: pretty consistent supervision with you. I think in that time I was writing it, I was having consults every other week and <laughs> it just made things click and it just mm-hmm. made so much sense and gave me a bit more of a direction to go in as
0: well. And I think, you know, you you were very dedicated and you worked hard and we got there in the end. In terms of your career... Has any, and I know that your accreditation is relatively recent, but in terms of your career, has anything changed or what are you doing with your career and with your accreditation?
1: Well, I have a private practice and um, I specialize in trauma and eating disorders. So Mm -hmm. my main pieces of work that I do with clients is either EMDR. CBTE or family-based therapy and all of those Mm -hmm. things are very very helpful when (laughs) clients can access um, you know Medicare rebates so that's going to be the biggest change for my clients because the eating disorder plans they require a year of treatment Mm -hmm. and so they actually get that full year under Medicare and that's really really helpful and that's going to make a big difference to a lot of people who wanted to access services but were maybe
0: not mm. in a financial position to do so it makes such a huge difference in terms of paying a fee where there's no rebate and being able to know okay i've got in the case of eating disorders i've got this this treatment and i can access as, access it and i don't have to panic you know, I'm trying to manage my eating disorder. I can't be panicking and trying to manage about whether or not I'm going to be able to pay for therapy. And even with the 10 sessions, it's just so important that people at least get access to the 10 sessions. As I'm sure you would agree with me, I think the 20, if we had been able Mm -hmm. to get the government to maintain the 20 sessions, it would have made a massive difference. But for now, even being able to have the 10 sessions means that people at least have an access have access to that, that piece of rebate. So then what is one piece of advice that you might give to aspiring AMHSWs?
1: I think the one piece of advice would be to just do it. Um, I know one of the things I experienced quite heavily for a long time was feeling that imposter syndrome and that's something that many clinicians that are incredibly skilled feel every single day. So I, I work in a hub that includes a lot of different professions at a lot of different levels some some people have PhDs and I can tell you every single one of them tell me that they also have imposter syndrome the thing I think we need to realize as social workers is that we have incredible skills that are so holistic and so beneficial for the people that we work with out there and it's really important Mm -hmm. that we give them the opportunity to work with us and to be able to access things like Medicare rebates. And even as a profession, it's really important that we are viewed as specialists in the mental health field because we have so many great skills that need to be utilised and quite honestly are being underutilised at the moment. So my advice would be stop questioning yourself so much and just do it.
0: I love that advice. I I think that's great and I absolutely agree with you. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to share your story because I think that so many people do experience imposter syndrome and, you know, it comes up a lot and certainly I experienced it. and, And I think if we're able to just address our imposter syndrome and still move forward anyway... You do actually end up getting there in the end. Start with some good planning and then eventually you'll get there. And that's what happened for you. And I'm so pleased that that's what happened for you. So thank you again. I really appreciate your time.
1: Well, I wouldn't have been able to achieve this without you. So thank you for everything that you did. And it's my absolute pleasure to be on here. So thank you for having me.
0: Becoming an AMHSW is brought to you by Willowtree EAP, an employee assistance program providing supportive self-care for helping professionals. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Becoming an AMHSW. If you'd like more information about mental health accreditation, please email info at And please see the show notes for links to resources discussed in today's episode.